This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to episode 22 in the Risk Pool's Stronger Together podcast series. I'm your host, Scott Houston. As usual, I'm going to give you some basic information, visit with an expert in the subject of today's episode, in this case, TML Executive Director Bennett Sandlin, and then I'll give you several action items to help you get everything you can from our partnership. Today's episode is about how cities work. You may have seen an email announcement or a blurb in recent editions of the TML Exchange weekly newsletter about the January 2023 edition of Texas Town and City Magazine. Each legislative year, TML staff updates that January How Cities Work edition of the magazine. It's a special 68-page version of the magazine that covers the most important functions and vital services that Texas cities provide. It's a great tool you can use with community members or legislators to explain, well, how cities work. Let's talk about what some legislators think about cities first. When they think cities, many of them see Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, the bigger cities. And some legislators love to lament whatever program or regulation those cities implement, and they frequently file legislation to undo, or the technical term being preempt, what those cities are doing. But those legislators may not understand fully what Texas cities look like, both demographically and geographically. The vast majority of Texas cities are under 5,000 population. Those account for around 800 of the 1,200 total cities in Texas. And even around 950 are under 25,000 population. Most of those cities are focusing on basic services and very judicious regulations. But the truth is, even in the larger cities, almost all of what these cities do is nuts and bolts work. The political issues like plastic bag bans or how many chickens you can have in your backyard get lots of media attention. But all cities are mostly just providing the basic services and implementing very judicious rules that human beings need to live and work closely together. The level of services and which rules are needed are best decided locally. And that's what cities have stood for since the first one was created more than 5,000 years ago. Western civilization began in Mesopotamia around 3500 BC through a culture called the Sumerians. If you remember from grade school, Mesopotamia is that area between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, now mostly in Iraq. The Sumerians were the first people to live and work in cities. And they had dozens of cities, actually, some with populations almost as high as 50,000. And, of course, those cities had rules the inhabitants had to follow. And those rules became the first laws and municipal ordinances in human history. One of those, the ancient Hammurabi Code, was an example of one of these early laws. It's mentioned in the Building Codes articles in the How Cities Work magazine. And I think it's fun to talk about here. King Hammurabi, a descendant of the Sumerians, created the first surviving set of laws around 1700 BC to govern those who lived in the city of Babylon. And Babylon wasn't a small city. It had over 200,000 inhabitants at one point. What do you need when you have that many people building homes and businesses in close proximity? You need building codes, right? 
Most of you have seen the modern international building codes. They're incredibly complex and voluminous. But King Hammurabi lived in a much simpler time. His building code was brutally simple, in fact. It said, quote, If a builder builds a house and does not make its construction firm, and the house collapses and causes the death of the owner, that builder shall also be put to death. Pretty tough, right? But they also had laws relating to public behavior and safety. They had clean water, sewage, garbage, streets, and so on. Really, as you'll see in the magazine, and this is why I mention it, those cities are providing the same things that local governments deal with today, 5,000 years later. The whole idea is that when people live and work closely together, they need rules to live by and services to survive. And the things they did back then are really pretty much the same things that we're doing now, although with a little bit better technology. I'm now joined by my longtime colleague, Bennett Sandlin. Bennett and I started at TML within a couple of weeks of each other in the year 2000. And he's been executive director there now for over a decade. The idea of the House Cities Work magazine was born in 2014, and Bennett and his staff have really taken it to another level. Tell me about the theme of the magazine, Bennett. That theme is Our Home, Our Decisions. What does that mean? Our Home, Our Decisions is an initiative we put together a couple years ago that recognizes that the work we do at advocating for our cities is not because mayors, you know, want to exert their authority or council members want to pass ordinances to please themselves. What we're really doing is serving citizens in our towns and cities. We're trying to connect with the fact that when we're told that we're not supposed to advocate at the Capitol on behalf of cities or using taxpayer dollars, what we're really doing is, is exerting the will of our citizens. They demand uh, answers and they demand accountability at the Capitol. And that's really what our home, our decisions recognizes is that the decisions that the Capitol makes every two years, it's not going to hurt mayors or council members. They're not paid really much to do what they do. It's going to hurt the ability of citizens to connect with their community and, and thrive. And so that's the initiative of our home, our decisions. It's really about the grassroots of the citizens that our mayors serve. The magazine has lots of great information and data. What do you think are the most important topics a legislator or even a city official or citizen should understand? The things that you really aren't going to learn anywhere else, anywhere from, you know, right-of-way management fees, franchise fees, land use, uh, takings analysis, all the detailed stuff that, that even everyday city officials sometimes overlook if it's not their department. And, and those are the most useful to me. But I think the whole magazine is helpful if, if you don't have a background in, in how cities operate. I completely agree. My favorite information is the chart about revenue sources, where cities get their money. The revenue source survey is pretty surprising to everybody that looks at it. It shows a broad range of revenue sources, but with property taxes being the most important dollar-wise, sales taxes trailing behind by a bit, and then a number of other revenue sources. And I think that's useful for legislators to look at. What's really useful, of course, and we've talked about this over the years, is what's not on that pie chart is substantial revenue from state government. It's, it's almost zero. And that's okay. Our mayors tend to be okay with that because the alternative is they're over there asking for money every session. And when things get tight, city money gets cut first in states that do fund their city. So we're happy with that, but it also shows a need 
to leave Texas cities alone. If you're not giving them money, that conversely, we ask just kind of for authority to manage our own business. And that's been pretty useful pointing that out to legislators. We're not over there begging for cash every two years. But at the same time, we are asking, you know, they're politely to have some autonomy and be able to look after ourselves. Speaking of the legislative session, we're actually in one now. How's it going thus far for TML and for its member cities? We're off to a good start this year and have some good relations on both sides of the aisle and we're feeling cautiously optimistic. That's good to hear. Let's wrap up with talking more about the magazine. It's no secret that some legislators have cities in their crosshairs. I mentioned that earlier. But how can this magazine show the nonpartisan nature of city government? Well, what you'll notice by looking through these editions of, of how cities work is there's nothing in there about partisan government. There's really not any social issues. There's nothing that divides. It's really refocusing people's attention on the mechanics of cities, the non-sexy stuff, you know, the street maintenance, firefighter uniforms, equipment, and so forth. These are things that you don't read a lot about because they don't sell newspapers or anything, but they're critically important. So the the big function of the magazine is just to refocus legislators and and city officials' attention on the the everyday things that citizens take for granted, but that are so important that cities do. Well said. My favorite thing is pointing out that potholes aren't Republicans or Democrats. Thanks for joining me, Bennett. Okay, let's touch on our action items for this episode, and they're pretty simple. Action item number one, read the How Cities Work edition of the TML Magazine. It's linked right below this podcast, and it's an excellent resource. Item number two, share the magazine and its contents with local stories to supplement, if you like, with everyone you can. And then finally, action item number three, be proud of what you do. Whether you're a city employee or an elected official, we need you on those front lines every day. Keep up the good work. That's it for this episode. We'll talk again soon. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.